0: Log Talk Radio Contra Radio Network presents the Contra Dawn Show with your host Don Appleberg. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Uh, oh and I promise I would do this uh Shout out to Spike, I guess a dog out there whose owner swears, loves to listen to it, I'm not sure it's because of my high-pitched voice, the fact that I'm very quick, or who knows, maybe the dog understands, I have no clue. Um, Today's show, I decided to go a little different route, and the reason I did is twofold. First, I am sure everybody at this point, from both sides of the fence, is sick and tired hearing about what's going on, namely... North Korea acting out like a toddler, China being the dark shadow lawyer in the background we're not sure what to do with, Trump once more being attacked and and um, vilified by the um, press and by anybody else that can go ahead and think about it, and, you know, pro-Trumpers who are, you know, hardcore for him, adamant that he's doing a great job. We've been through this over and over again, and we're probably going to be going over it for the next four or five years. If You know, projection for me, I think eight if we don't go to war first. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and take a break from, from that. And I asked my kids what topics they were interested in when it came to politics or social you know, current events, and my son wanted me to talk about communist ponies, <laughs> and I'll explain that term in just a second, but I was kind of really startled that, that my 13-year-old, who I think like Minecraft, Spongebob, or Call of Duty, actually explained communist ponies to me. Basically, they happen to be what everybody rides on at this point, thinking it's a great sell, does a great deal, but yet we just can't make money off of them like you would a good draft horse or anything. For some reason, communists just have to be one of those things that he just didn't understand why it's a bad thing and why it keeps on coming around. So the show today is kind of a little education. We're going to toss in there some current events. And what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and and uh, discuss some very simplistic forms of, of government. Now the second reason I wanted to do this is because I am appalled, horrified, terrified, aghast. If I had a thesaurus right now, I'd be using all sorts of other words. I was watching a string of videos of individuals being real-time interviewed on the street about different governmental objectives or history, and they weren't just talking to people blame it on the millennials. There were some out there who were 50s, 40s, 60s. Then they went all the way down to teenagers. And folks, I got to tell you, the answers that were coming from these people absolutely terrified me. One video I watched uh, was um, who won the Civil War. The number one answer given by most individuals questioned, we did. When the interviewer would then specifically ask, what do you mean we did? They either said, well, I don't know what the Civil War is, or I kid you not, or they said, uh, wasn't it against French, Germany, or Britain? So, you know, I, I was just aghast that these people, you know, <laughs> and it was a majority. This, this wasn't just random. This was a lot of people. Uh, and Then there was another video I was watching where they were talking about what socialism, communism, republic and democrat democracy is. And out of twenty two people interviewed, one person came close to getting it right. One person. And the only thing he erred on is a possible misconception when it com- popular misconception when it comes to our country. He said that we're a democracy when we're not we're a republic. So I decided I'm gonna go ahead and do the show. For that reason, and just the final reason is I homeschool, I'm lazy when it comes to being the teacher for the kids when it comes to these type of things, and I like to consolidate. So I'm going to do the show, and then I'm going to make the kids listen to it tomorrow for extra credit. So let me know how it goes. So first off, for those of you who do not know, the United States of America is a republic, okay? It is not a democracy. It is a republic what that means is that the form of government in which the powers of sovereignty sovereignty sorry are vested in the people and are exercised by the people either directly such as you and I or representatives such as Congress Senate chosen by the people a democracy is where and they decide there is no sovereignty there is no true leadership per se. You may have an individual who claims to be the leader or people recognize as a leader, but they're not actually the leader. They're more, they're, they're, they're you know, it's it's the whole group. You know, a commune would be a good example, okay? We're a republic. And the reason that's critical is because a lot of the things that I'm seeing on Facebook, from both sides, actually, and a lot of things that I'm hearing people say from both sides, it's it, it, Basically, they have a misconception of what it means to be an American and what your rights are. Um, You don't get majority vote. For instance, how many of you have been in a group or on a page that is public? And the admin comes out and says, okay, we are no longer going to allow XYZ to be on this page. So you can't post those type of pictures. You can't talk in that manner. You can't swear. And all of a sudden you get eh, these people from both sides saying, First Amendment, freedom of speech. You've got to let us say what we're going to say whenever we want to say it because, hey, we're Americans and so we have the right to do that. Um, the reason that's wrong is because, first off, a group or a page run by admins with the individuals below is a republic. Whew, hear me out there. We have admins who control the content of the page, control the group who's allowed in or out, controls who says what, what content to be shared. And while there is input from the people, for instance, if the page happens to be about parenting and somebody starts talking about militias, then they can go ahead and say, hey, yo, this page is not about that. This is about parenting, take it elsewhere. It is a republic. A democracy is when the whole group says this is how it's going to be, but there is no admin content. There's no one out there saying, nope, yep, direction, no direction, okay? So basically, your constitutional rights are based upon a republic that were voted in by representatives and must be voted with a heavy, heavy, heavy toll to change or amend said constitution, into law. That is a republic. So those of you who thought we were a democracy, sorry, we're not. Okay. The reason I bring this up is because there is a sliding scale, a cycle, if you will, of all governments that long-term, you know, lasts for a long period of time. I.E. Rome, Greece, Great Britain, America, um, uh, Russia, China, it, you know, the, these countries that last for millennia, for multiple centuries, they, they go through these cycles. Now, different countries go through these different cycles at different stages or different um, speeds. And interesting enough, America, for as long as it's been around, has managed to go ahead and resist the cycle. We've a couple times into it. However, we haven't really slid into it. Because every time we get close, we get yanked back. This cycle is from a republic where you have representatives who, who are chosen to go ahead and, and deal with what we, the people, want that we are exercising our rights, but they have to go ahead and make sure that these powers are specially delegated to these individual Senate, Congress, you know, this type of thing. They slide into a democracy where now all of a sudden we've got more and more people who are wanting to be either, they kind of split at this point, you either have it go towards where they want a democracy with no government that uh, that, tells them what to do, they, they, they're, they're leading towards anarchy, if you will, which is a short end, people, I'm telling you, if, if you're an Antifa representative, or if you are a BLM, or a Black Panther, or a KKK, or, you know, any of these extreme racist factions, or fascist factions, and yeah, Antifa, sorry, you've heard this before, I know I don't have safety pins for you, and I don't have a safe space, you're fascist. With these individuals, what they want is anarchy, and anarchy is a very short list. You get to it, and boom, everything implodes, explodes, and then there's pieces all over the place, and you got to rebuild. And eventually what happens, the anarchists end up being the terrorists or being the enemy, and then the country rebuilds. prime example of what we're looking at here, you've got Ireland, you've got uh, Italy, you've got uh, – um, the Middle East to a certain extent, even though I'm not touching the Middle East on this one because they've got a whole different culture going there, okay? We're talking pretty much Western civilizations, so let's take, matter of fact, just delete the fact I just said Middle East because that's different, okay? So over here, you've got um, these anarchists that, that, that decide they do not want representation, and they basically implode. You cannot keep chaos and a momentum. You just can't. So what happens is the second angle it takes is it goes towards... Uh, the democracy socialism because now what they want is they want everybody to be equal. They want everybody to have their fair share and it's quantity, not quality. So what happens is if you have, you know, seven people working in an area and it doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they do. They all should live in equal homes and equal styles. It's kind of a utopic decision uh, that, that, Once more, it's it's a puff dream, and I'll explain why in just a minute. If it's a small country, if it's a, a small, sustainable country, such as Iceland, Sweden, Norway, you know, small representation, then socialism can be sustained for quite some time. Socialism cannot be sustained in a country that is large. It cannot be sustained in a country that is in flux. And it cannot be sustained in a country that has not established boundaries to its socialism. For instance, Canada. If you look at Canada, it's in flux, it's in chaos right now, it cannot be sustained. Um, I'm just going to leave that right there for that example because there are other countries, but that would get into quibbling about size, status, data, representation. So we're just trying to keep this as simple as possible for education purposes. Socialism eventually slides into one of two places. Either socialism reverts back to a republic, you know, completely, you know, maybe go through the democracy to a republic, but they revert back to a republic because the people realize that it's just not sustainable, can't have a doctor and a janitor living in the same neighborhood making the same amount of money and still consider it to be, you know, worth their time or effort to – um to do the job, and, you know, why are you going to go $100,000 in debt to get your doctor's license when, as a janitor, you make the same money and live in the same house? So they start sliding back through democracy to a republic, or they jump directly into a republic, or it takes another turn, and this turn is into communism. Socialism is where everybody happens to be same, but at the same time, the top authority figures actually are making more. It's quantity versus quality. It is a one system where the government is very heavy in what happens in your life, mainly because what they do is that they're the ones that that, uh, you pay to take care of everything. So everybody gets the same status. And, And this can slide directly into communism. The difference between socialism and communism is that communism is run by military. A military representation of the government that now moderates and determines what your society can and cannot do is communism. Now, China has been arguably, but scientifically and historically proven to be the longest country in history to have gone from a dynasty outside of this realm we're talking about and gone directly into communism and this communism is sustained. With that being said, we have seen chinks in the army. And what I mean by that is most communists are, are you know, they shut themselves off from the world. They don't allow capitalism. They don't allow, you know, ex- external countries to, to work with them. Com- and, and China has. China, has, a matter of fact, they've, they've branched out considerably to allow other countries to change with them and everything in order to become a powerhouse of the world globally. So they realize that being in a separate entity of a communist nature without dealing with the capitalists was not sustainable globally and so in order for them to go ahead and become a force of, of power on the globe they had to work with, with, with um, capitalists. So you know, they, they have actually proven to be sustainable as a communist. North Korea on the other hand is a prime example of why communism normally fails. Prime example: For those of you who do not know what is behind the, the curtain in North Korea, their people are starving. They are starving. They are selling themselves into slave labor to China on a regular basis in order to go ahead and trade out the um, the, the, the one dictator for another. You can be killed in North Korea for watching an American film. You can be killed in North Korea for questioning the government or having someone say you questioned the government. The North Korean country, when you see these pictures that, are, that they allow to be leaked, what they don't tell you is that most of these pictures, and you should know this, you really should know this, people. Most of these pictures happen to be contrived They happen to be uh, 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 They happen to be Set up okay? They're uh, propaganda And a lot of them Happen to uh, be Rehertated from Prior pictures and prior situations Slowly but surely Now when you get the ones that are smuggled out It's terrifying It's absolutely terrifying uh, you, you see poverty Extreme poverty. You see uh, children who are literally starving in the streets. (laughs) Education is a minimum because they just can't sustain their education. People in hard labor or people disappearing in the middle of the night simply to go ahead and make sure that other people are working for the government. It's it's, it's terrifying. And North Korea, at this point, I would venture to say, I'm not even going to call communists anymore. Because even though it has this the status looking of a militarized government that dictates to the people, I am going directly into dictator with this one. And I'm jumping beyond communist and we're going straight to monarchy dictator because King Il jung can do anything he wants and no one is going to touch him. They won't even get a coup going. So prime example historically communism has failed. Well, Russia is a prime example. Guys, if you look at Russia's history, it is a beautiful, it's, it's, it's a beautifully enriched historical document, if you will, of the rise and fall of the different styles of of government and how you know multiple different types. You you have your monarchy, you have your theocracy, you have your your uh, religious, you have your your communist, your socialist, your capitalist. You have Anarchists. Um, you had uh, dictatorship expansion globalist that was destroyed and became once more, you know, SSSR was globalism. It became, you know, once more just a country of Russia. It, it's just rich. And each stage that you look for Russia, you will see the pros and cons for each type of country of, of government we're talking about. So, Russia is a prime example of, of the different types. Now. But why does this all tie into us? The United States of America is unique. As I said before. And the reason we're unique is because we have actually managed to go ahead and hold on to our republic longer than any other country out there. We And, and before you say, but wait, what about Great Britain? Great Britain has been a monarchy that slid into a republic with a monarchy um, Mascot. But they were monarchy. We started out as a republic. We stay a republic. However, we have seen throughout history different slips into socialist waiting pools. Closest and the worst that we have seen. yeah, I did say the worst. I know we got a lot of socialists who who don't quite understand why people dislike the idea. We'll get into that. But the worst slip we had was the last eight years. That was terrifying. But we're, we're once more, we have a president who is anti-socialist and pro-republic, whether you like him or not. And so we're, we're dragging ourselves back over to a republic side. Remember, 2018, vote these suckers out if you don't like them. And remember what I said last time, and you will hear me say this continuously. If they vote president, if they don't vote yes or no, then they're not representing you at all. Get them out. Get somebody who does represent you, whether from the left or the right. Now, with our slip and dip into the socialist waiting pool every once in a while, what has happened is that it basically, it goes back to one of my favorite sayings. And that is, rough times create rough men. Rough men create peaceful times. Peaceful times create weak men. Weak men create rough times. It's a cycle. So basically what has happened is when we've had it good for so long in the United States, when we've really had it easy, we really haven't had that much to do to, to succeed, it's easy to turn away and, and not look at the fact that our welfare and our social programs are growing exponentially. It's easy to blind the fact that more and more individuals are settling for minimum wage jobs rather than getting better income or trying to better themselves into something else. It's easier for us to see people settling for two or three jobs even. And when I say settle, I'm not saying they're happy. I'm saying it was just easier than to work to get better. It's easier for us to see handouts, if you will, of student loans and, and um, education benefit anybody. When was the last time you saw someone from a, with a master's in women's liberal arts actually get a decent-paying job? How about with political science, poli-sci? Now, if you're going into politics, that's great. Going into the news, you're going into, you know, poli-sci in and of itself, not so much. When was the last time you actually saw an individual who graduated with a humanities or a a, a arts and literature, you know, when did you see a job? So, you know, we, we settled. You didn't have to go for the hard stuff. You didn't have to go for business finance anymore because, you know, I don't like math. So, you know, I can go ahead and get paid to go to school here. And that's basically what happens. You get your student loans for the most part. And, um, we'll just worry about it later. And then when later came, you just deferred, defaulted, or you just whatever. So it became easy to settle. Now, as we settled, we started to decay. If you're not thriving, if you're not trying to advance, if you're not trying to grow, you decay. So as a country, overall, we started to see decay. The more decay we saw, the more decay we saw, the more unrest we saw and the more push for socialism to create a more equal atmosphere for everyone. So those who are now, as we call millennials, by the millions, scary thought, wanting socialism. These individuals have no clue what the Great Depression was. These individuals have no clue what the rise of the stock market and the subsequent crash happened and what it did to us. They have no idea of the mortgage market collapse that occurred. These individuals have been raised in pretty complacent times with complacent parents with who did not want them to suffer, who did not want them to deal with harshness. And now that they've grown into adults who vote and breed, well, actually, let me quantify that. A lot of millennials saying they don't want kids. You know, baby boomer time, anyone? Anyway, now they've grown into adults that vote. They're looking at some of the old things that we talk about. For instance, the freedom to carry guns, and they think it's not necessary. Why carry a gun? Why do you even need a gun? We're supposed to be equal individuals. We don't need firearms. It's just silly. Um, freedom of speech. Well, as long as you don't hurt my feelings, that's okay. But why do you have to hurt my feelings? Why do you have to, Why do you have the right to say something that I may mean, Okay, let's go ahead and shut that down real quick, okay? They've granted a fascist, socialistic mentality. They want you and I to accept them for who they are, even though they can't accept who they are themselves because they are too confused to understand or comprehend who they are. The psi gender is a prime example. They do not want structure in their lives that may or may not force them to become something better. They just want the here and now, and they want complacency, which slides into socialism. Because, hey, if the government wants to pay for my medical, cool. I don't have to make that decision. If the government wants to pay for my insurance, cool. If the government wants to pay for my housing, my kids, my education, hey, it's all good. And if they take most of my check, that's cool too, because whatever's left are not buying. They're not buying property. They're not buying houses. They're not buying, uh, you know, cars and this type of thing. They're being Millennials are being very minimalistic, which is another aspect of socialism, because socialism is supposed to be very transient without a lot of thrills that go with it. You're supposed to just be free within your regime to go ahead, be in who you want without too much responsibility for yourself. The government's got you. That's cool. You don't need to own. You don't need to just be. we fought this before. Not as bad as we're fighting it now. And as a matter of fact, doing some history in the 50s with the communist scare, that actually was more political than it actually was reality. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit. With this socialism, I'm already seeing hints of communism. You know what? Why don't we just go ahead and shut down the military? And then you hear somebody else pop up with, "Well, but we need the military to go ahead and control the conservatives because you know, So you don't want the military involved, but you want the military to control others, which is one of the first things that happened with communism. Because they don't think it's going to affect you. They don't think it's going to affect you. No, they think it's going to affect everybody else. And then they get shock face when all of a sudden there's a knock on their door because now it's their turn. Now, I know a lot of individuals who are going to be listening to this broadcast are going to be resistant to the information, I'm telling you. I want you to do yourself a favor. Look up Cambodia. My next door neighbor, good friend of the families, fled to Cambodia as a child. He lived through the regime, he lived through the ethnic cleansings. He lived through the war that occurred there from the communistic and the socialistic aspects. Look it up, read it, take it to heart and realize that it's not simply about money or about whether or not you feel comfortable. America is a huge nation, that if it ever were to fall under socialism, would divide and be destroyed. How do I say that? And you know what? I will bet you, I will bet you your life savings at the time you're 40 that I am being accurate. How do I know that? Because it happened to Russia, happened to Greece, happened to Rome, it happened to France, with Napoleon Bonaparte during his regime, every country that has grown exponentially beyond a small border who tried socialism or communism corrupted and died or were reduced back to a small entity. The United States of America cannot sustain socialism or communism. The other reason it cannot happen. One of the main ways that people, that, that, that governments, build, create different ways of doing government is by starting in the education platform. If you get, they don't need your generation. They can get the kids. And if they get the kids to believe in it, which they're trying to teach now in Common Core, they can get the kids to believe in this. Then there's no reason to fight because when the kids grow up to vote, look at the millennials now. People, look at the millennials now. They were taught this in school. They were taught this by their educators and, you know, some of them had parents that resisted it, but here, you know, that's mom and dad. You get the kids, by the time they're adults, they're more accepting. So on and so forth. The difference is what happens here in the United States is really interesting. When the school system becomes one that is over-controlling, when it starts telling parents they do not have the right to do, you know, to to Train their kids or their parents has no input, have no input into their education, we opt out. There are close to 20 million homeschooling families that are being documented. And when's the last time you looked at the United States of America and thought, oh, yeah, every single person out there has been documented because we just don't do it. Most of these families have opted out because they don't want socialism. Their kids are being raised in republic and quasi-democratic homes. So what happens, they come up in this time to vote. You have the socialist regime that's pushing. You've got this other republic that's pushing. Socialism has a tendency to lose. They also have a tendency to lose because we always have that last generation or the generation before that's still continuing to vote. And as long as we have the voting in place... It's not going to happen. The other thing that I can guarantee you, because it's historically accurate and it has happened before here in America, not once, not twice, but three times. is If you push Americans too far against a republic, we become bloody. Americans have no problem to a scrap fight, And even if it's one of their own. Socialism, as much as some people want to push it, will never happen, even if it finds some way to be voted into our government, such as our president, which we had eight years. Obama was not a Democrat. He was a socialist. Think about what he was pushing. Single-payer health system. He was pushing to have the IRS have larger impact on us, the EPA, larger impact on us. The ED, larger impact on us, the the outreach in the government entity. He wanted more taxes. He wanted, he wanted a socialist regime. Uh, Look what happened. Obama was probably the number one gun salesman of the year of of the century. Under his POTUS, gun sales jumped almost 400%. Think about that. Even in high gun control areas, gun sales dropped almost 400%. Socialist regime will never occur in the United States of America so long as there is any shred of the republic and the Constitution left. It's just not going to happen. So we've discussed republic, democrat, democracy, sorry, socialists, and communists. And the slides that we've seen our country go through Pushed and back because this is the cycle that occurs anytime you have a republic, it's always going to go through this potential cycle. All right, with that being said, the one thing that we are going to be facing here as the United States of America that can actually change our country that can actually change us from republic. There's only one type of government that can, and that government is a global government. That is not about being a communist, know, a, a global government where the entire globe, every country out there falls underneath the United Nations and the United Nations shall dictate to every individual citizen of the world how they shall either function or not. A global government, which we are seeing more of a push for, and the reason we're getting so much resistance from Trump is because he's a, he's a nationalist, not a globalist. And a lot of our senators and, and, and Congress, they're, they're globalists, not nationalists, because it helps in their back pocket. A global government is exactly what people were talking about when you first started hearing whispers of Agenda 21. And back then it was a conspiracy theory. You heard the term Agenda 21 and people were laughing at you because there's no way we'd have a global network. There's no way that we'd have a global government. You've got to be kidding me. It's not hard to be to, to control the entire world. Well, when most of the world happens to be in chaos with war, poverty, starving, and you only have a few powerhouses that at this point are now fighting amongst themselves, a global government actually makes sense. All you have to do is manipulate and kill off those individuals in the poverty areas that really don't you know, that, that they'll impact you, keep just enough around to go ahead and do the basic servitude, like outsourcing. Having, Ill, Ill, you know, we call them illegals at this point. A global government, there wouldn't be any borders. So, you know, outsourcing the uneducated to be doing such things as the seasonal work and the housework. The educated populace would need to be thinned And the reason it needs to be thinned is because if you have too many, well, you're going to have anarchists or you're going to have revolutionists who are going to be against the global and the ongoing scene. We are in the rise, at this point, we are in the rise of a global network. Now, on the one hand, it's really, if you think about global government, it's really, you know, I've brought this up before, Star Wars. Star Wars doesn't come home and talk to United Nations or I mean I'm sorry, not United Nations. They don't they, they don't come up or Star Trek, sorry. I know, okay, all my Star Wars Star Trek friends do not hate me. I know what I just did, so okay, I'll make it up to you. Star actually, Star Wars is good. I'm gonna backtrack that in your face because I'm gonna use Star Wars. They have their republic, as they call it, which happens to be, you know, the the the, the um rebels, but they have a interverse that literally can take centuries to go ahead and get anything done. But all the representatives from all the populace just show up, and they have to go ahead and be defined by this, this, this interverse government. And it's easier, because, you know, if you're dealing with a local guy, and let's say the, the, the emperor of this world, in a global world, you don't like it, just go and talk to the interverse, and he can be routed out. You're still just just layering up a different level of authority. In Star Trek, when they come home, it is the, you know, it's planet Earth, and it is, you know, the, the, there is a UN, basically, and everybody's peace and love and everything else. Now, I, I love the idea of peace and love because of a global work, because we managed to all work out our individual issues. For those of you who are globalists, I want you to honestly, really, hardcore, deep down think about this. You can't stand sitting next to your neighbor who is pro-Trump and having a civil conversation with them about taxes. How in the hell do you think you're going to be able to handle a global entity who's going to tell you how to think and what to do and think there's not going to be chaos and confusion, hostility? You cannot tell a Muslim to sit down with a Jew Break bread, even though they have basically on the underlying, their lifestyles are fairly similar, for instance, you know, the, 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 the basic ramifications of eating filthy animals, the, um, their God is, is their one true God, um, the only difference is how they go about on the baseline, how they go about, you know, their, their life, Muslims recruit or die, Jews, they don't really care if they recruit you or not, just don't mess with their, their culture. You know, you can't even get these two to sit down in, in, in the Middle East and say, okay, you know what, let's shake hands and just, you do your thing and I do my thing. How do you expect the global to work? Here in the United States of America, you cannot sit down, you cannot take a progressive and sit them down with a conservative and talk abortion. How do you expect a global network to work? It's a pipe dream. It's not going to happen. The bottom line is, is, that there are too many diverse cultures in our world, that are very specific to their morals, their ethics, their codes. What's taboo to them, what's not taboo to them, for them to ever, for us to ever be a seamless society globally. Even when you get into a country, a culture that is as rigid as Islamic law, at the very structure, when it's overly intensive of Muslim per populace. They turn on each other. Who's more, more faithful? Who's more loyal? Who's more dedicated to their cause? It, it just won't happen. It's a pipe dream. What you need to do, if you're a globalist, my recommendation, instead of looking at the politics and trying to subvert everybody to your opinions and views, my recommendation is start looking at aspects of the community where you can go ahead and work internationally together to sustain positive. For instance, Medical, food, shelter, education. Get involved with the government and the UN to do it because the UN, it, it, it can't make up its own mind. Get involved globally with a group that deals with conservation or deals with education or deals with sustainment of that population in that area to go ahead and make it better. For instance, you don't like the fact that we have Majority of Americans against illegal aliens coming from Mexico, help Mexico get better. Volunteer your happy butt over there. Help them get to a better culture, better community, better way of life. You'll be doing more on a global impact and a global scale, bashing your head against a wall that's never coming down. And conservatives... You you, you nationalists, you don't like the fact we have illegal aliens here. You want to stop it, and, and you know, you you sit there and say, my hands are tied, I have to wait for the politicians. Same advice goes for you. Get with the program. Start looking at different ways to go ahead and make Mexico more sustainable. You know, maybe, you know, is mine personally, what I would love to do. And I'm actually you know, working with individuals, I'm not gonna tell you how, where, why, or when, because eh, I'm not gonna tell you exactly if we've gotten permission to do this, but we're working with, you know, people on the border to go ahead and sustain them against drug dealers, drug smellers, mules, coyotes, and illegals crossing the border. We're strengthening the border on both sides so that, you know, hey, if you live on that side and you don't want drug cartels in your area, but that's all you need to go ahead and do and sustain yourself, let's go ahead and get them a better option. Let's get them in contact with a company down there that can go ahead and bring in work that is specific to Mexico so that the drug cartel isn't as appealing. Now all of a sudden you've got whole sections where they're like, we don't need your money, opiate boy. And, of course, they throw a fit. And they try to kill a couple people. Well, you know what? The company who is bringing in for their profit, they don't want to lose their employees because it's bad for business. So that's what? They step in. So you see what I'm saying? Get involved. Stop waiting for these individuals that are doing nothing for us, except for these representatives. Deal with them when it comes to vote time or recall time. Other than that, quit whining and get involved in your, per, in your personal agendas in ways that actually make progress. You know, I, I, I pity some of you. I really do. When I see these guys online saying, oh, well, you need to get the illegals out. You got the other, well, we don't need borders. Saying the same things over and over, but I don't see it doing anything. Get involved. If you know there's corruption, whether you are from the left or the right and you think it's corrupt, tackle the corruption in a manner that you can go ahead and make an impact. Set up a food drive for, you know, if, if you don't like the idea of food stamps being cut, then, how about you work with the welfare to work program or sustainability program to get people, you know, working and paying? You know, if you don't like the fact that somebody's working minimum, you know, minimum wage for their entire life and can't, you know, politics change it, companies to go ahead and see if they can't work out something for an educational program to get them advanced in program. You know, like McDonald's. McDonald's is great. You don't have to work at Flip Burgers. McDonald's, if you want to, they will actually put you through McDonald's College. So you can go ahead and become a manager. I, myself, yes, I'm putting this out there again because, you know, I'm getting slowly a trickling effect of money, which is great. I want to put together a coffee shop for kids. Uh, go fund me, Don Appleberg, take a look at it, read it. You're going to see I'm serious about this. I want to put together a coffee shop for kids where while they're there, they're not just employees. They are learning profit and loss, inventory, employability, interviewing. They're learning how to go ahead and market. They're learning how to run a business. They're learning how to pay their debt, how investments work, how loans work, responsibility. And I want those to be so freaking successful that we can open up another one and another one and another one. And these are run by kids for kids with a, with an adult overhead, of course. That boy can have These kids, when they're 18 and on their own and have to go to college, they can do their own business. They're already... They're, they're trained. Going in saying, dude, yeah, I'm qualified to work here because um, I know how to go ahead and weigh out an ounce of weed. I've done it. Okay, yeah. You know, seriously. Get involved. Am I saying I'm better than you because I'm actually trying to do something and you're not? Yeah, I think I am. I know that hurts. But if you're going to be sitting around talking about how the government's corrupt and it's not doing anything and you expect it to change you're not being part of the solution. Get out there. Change it. But change things in a way that you know you can actually do an impact, okay? For those of you who want a communist regime or a socialist regime with a communist slant, I'm not condoning it, you know, I'm personally against it, but if that's what you want, then start changing things in your area to go ahead and work sustainable. For instance, I've got friends of mine who are pagan. who They work together, plant orchards, and these are free food orchards. If you need something to eat, you can walk through this orchard, and you can eat to your heart's content. They're making an impact. Be it, though, look at Seattle, Chicago, you know, San Francisco. You're going to find out sustainability doesn't happen with socialism. But, hey, it's your pipe dream. Go for it. You be you. Conservatives, start doing some things. You know what? I'm tired of people sitting in their isolated cubicles, in their isolated houses, in their isolated areas, and not doing anything. If you can't get out there because you're physically handicapped, then get online and do something. Support. Impact. Grow. As long as we're doing something progressively, and I don't mean being a progressive, progressively to move towards your agenda, then you're actually supporting your agenda. Okay. Okay. I think what I'm going to do is next week. Oh, I know I promised you guys Okay. Facebook Live week. Due to mechanical difficulties, i.e., I can't figure out the freaking Facebook Live. I am having someone show me. We were not able to do it. So hopefully it'll be next week. Um, blog talk radio, Sundays. It's going to be roundtable of current events. Ladies of the Watch, Saturdays. It's prepping and how to go ahead and live independently and sustainable Then my show, which happens to be politics and how it affects you and how you can go ahead and make change. Be sure to share care and, and, you know, get involved. That's all I care about. That's all we care about. That's all you should be caring about is get involved in your area and see if you can't make a difference. That's it. All right, people, that's the show for today. Uh next week, next week, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to be going ahead and making a list of the pros and cons. If you're interested, send me a, uh, a tell. If not, I'm going to do it anyways. I think there should be a different show. or If you want to hear about a different show, hit me up and let me know. All right. Peace out.